from around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Chatterbox Audio Theatre presents After Twenty Years by O. Henry The policeman on the beat moved up the avenue impressively. The impressiveness was habitual and not for show, for spectators were few. The time was barely ten o'clock at night, but chilly gusts of wind with a taste of rain in them had well-nigh de-peopled the streets. Trying doors as he went, twirling his club with many intricate and artful movements, turning now and then to cast his watchful eye adown the Pacific thoroughfare, the officer, with his stalwart form and slight swagger, made a fine picture of a guardian of the peace. The vicinity was one that kept early hours. Now and then you might see the lights of a cigar store or of an all-night lunch counter, but the majority of the doors belonged to businesses that had long since been closed. When about midway of a certain block, the policeman suddenly slowed his walk. In the doorway of a darkened hardware store, a man leaned with an unlighted cigar in his mouth. As the policeman walked up to him, the man spoke up quickly. It's all right, officer. I'm just waiting for a friend. It's an appointment made 20 years ago. Sounds a little funny to you, doesn't it? Well, I'll explain if you'd like to make certain it's all straight. About that long ago, there used to be a restaurant where this store stands. Big Joe Brady's restaurant. Until five years ago. It was torn down then. The man in the doorway struck a match and lit his cigar. The light showed a pale, square-jawed face with keen eyes and a little white scar near his right eyebrow. His scarf pin was a large diamond, oddly set. Twenty years ago tonight, I dined here at Joe Brady's with Jimmy Wells, my best chum and the finest chap in the world. He and I were raised here in New York, just like two brothers together. I was 18, Jimmy was 20. The next morning I was to start for the West to make my fortune. <laughs> you couldn't have dragged Jimmy out of New York. He thought it was the only place on earth. Well, we agreed that night that we would meet here again exactly 20 years from that date and time, no matter what our conditions might be or from what distance we might have to come. We figured that in 20 years, each of us ought to have our destinies worked out and our fortunes made, whatever they might be. It sounds pretty interesting. Rather a long time between meets, though, it seems to me. Haven't you heard from your friend since you left? Well, yes. For a time, we corresponded. But after a year or two, we lost track of each other. You see, the... The West is a pretty big proposition, and I kept hustling around over it pretty lively. But I know Jimmy will be here tonight if he's alive. 
for he always was the truest, staunchest old chap in the world. He'll never forget. I came a thousand miles to stand in this door tonight, and it's worth it if my old partner turns up. The waiting man pulled out a fine watch, covered with small jewels. Three minutes to ten. <laughs> hey, it was exactly ten o'clock when we parted here at, at the restaurant door. Did pretty well out west, didn't you? You bet. I, I hope Jimmy's done half as well. He was kind of a plodder, though. Good fellow as he was, I, I've had to compete with some of the sharpest wits going to get my pile. A man gets in a groove in New York. It takes the West to put a razor edge on him. The policeman twirled his club and took a step or two. I'll be on my way. Hope your friend comes around all right. Going to call time on him sharp? I should say not. I'll give him half an hour at least. If Jimmy is alive on earth, he'll be here by that time. So long, officer. Good night, sir. The policeman passed on along his beat, trying doors as he went. There was now a fine, cold drizzle falling, and the wind had risen from its uncertain puffs into a steady blow. The few foot passengers astir in that quarter hurried dismally and silently along with coat collars turned high and pocketed hands. And in the door of the hardware store, the man who had come a thousand miles to fill an appointment, uncertain almost to absurdity, with the friend of his youth, smoked his cigar and waited. About twenty minutes he waited, and then a tall man in a long overcoat, with collar turned up to his ears, hurried across from the opposite side of the street. He went directly to the waiting man. Is that you, Bob? Is that you, Jimmy Wells? Bless my heart. It's Bob, sure as fate. I was certain I'd find you here if you were still in existence. Well, well, well. Twenty years is a long time. The old restaurant is gone, Bob. I wish it had lasted so we could have had another dinner there. How has the West treated you, old man? Bully. It has given me everything I asked it for. You've changed a lot, Jimmy. I never thought you were so tall by two or three inches. Oh, I grew a bit after I was 20. Doing well in New York, Jimmy? Moderately. I have a position in one of the city departments. Oh, come on, Bob. We'll go around to a place I know of and have a good long talk about old times. The two men started up the street arm in arm. The man from the West, his egotism enlarged by success, was beginning to outline the history of his career. The other, submerged in his overcoat, listened with interest. At the corner stood a drugstore, brilliant with electric lights. When they came into this glare, each of them turned simultaneously to gaze upon the other's face. The man from the West stopped suddenly and released his arm. You're not Jimmy Wells? Twenty years is a long time, but not long enough to change a man's nose from a Roman to a pug. It sometimes changes a good man into a bad one. You've been under arrest for ten minutes, Silky Bob. Chicago thinks you may have dropped over our way, and wires us she wants to have a chat with you. Going quietly, are you? 
Well, that's sensible. Now, before we go into the station, here's a note I was asked to hand you. You may read it here at the window. It's from Patrolman Wells. The man from the West unfolded the little piece of paper handed him. The note was rather short. Bob, I was at the appointed place on time. When you struck the match to light your cigar, I saw it was the face of a man wanted in Chicago. Somehow I couldn't do it myself. So I went around and got a plain clothesman to do the job. Jimmy. You have been listening to Chatterbox Audio Theater's production of After Twenty Years by O. Henry, featuring Irene Christ as the narrator, Charles Ingram as Bob, Michael Holliday as the policeman, and Bill Andrews as the tall man. Original artwork by Derek Dent. Produced by Robert Arnold. Adapted and directed by Pamela Paletti. The mission of Chatterbox Audio Theater is sparking imaginations through outstanding theatrical recordings. Download our shows, meet our cast and crew, and make a donation to support our work at www.chatterboxtheater.org. Hi, we're your good friends at the Internal Revenue Service with some exciting news. You just may get audited this year. (laughs) But I know what you're thinking. Gee, I want to make sure I get every nickel possible squeezed out of me during this audit. But who'll take care of my kids? Why, the IRS daycare. Yes, during your grueling ordeal, your kids will be in this spacious room where they can play without care. Hello, little boy. What's your name? Tommy. My, you brought a lot of toys with you. Yeah, this jet plane's my favorite. Too bad, because it's ours now. Hey, what? And we'll take this ball, this car, and this Nintendo DS. Those are my toys. Daddy gave them to me. Oh, in that case, we should estimate how many toys he'll give you next year and take this and this and this and this. You didn't leave me anything. Have fun, Tommy. Sir, we've got a problem in the corner. That big kid is knocking the little kids down and taking everything they have. I'll take care of this. You, you there, yes, you the bully. You have quite the future working for the IRS. (laughs) The IRS Daycare. It's about time your kids learned about real life.